stand by for the streaming live soon. Out right now. Yes, I do have sound. We got the sound worked out. So let me just uh, ask you, uh, would you turn to 1 Kings chapter 22? Let me give you a, a rundown on this chapter. Because for three years now, three years, there had been peace between the Syrians and Israel. And uh, But something happens that from Jehoshaphat, which is the king of Judah, as you know, the kingdom in Israel is divided in two. The, nor- the, northern, the, the northern kingdom, which is the kingdom of Judah, and then the southern kingdom, the kingdom of Israel, Ahab and Jehoshaphat. And they're questioning about a little village that has a large fortress called Ramon Gilead. Ramon Gilead is still today is a place that is bombed by the Syrians because now it's in the hands of Israel. And so, verse 5, And Jehoshaphat said unto the king of Israel, I pray at the word of the Lord. Then the king of Israel gathered the prophets together. 400 of them, and said unto them, Shall I go against Ramon Gilead to battle, or should I forfeit, or forbear it? And they said, Go up, for the Lord deliver you uh, into the hand of the king. Now, the next verse is verse 7. There's a cloud, because Jehoshaphat wasn't really sure that the 400 prophets that were... uh, prophesying for Ahab were, were, were true prophets. 
And so verse 7 of chapter 22 raises the question. And Jehoshaphat said, Is there not here a prophet of the Lord besides that which we might inquire of him? In other words, I don't believe in your 400 prophets because you want them to do what you want them to do and say what you want them to say. At this particular time, the pronouncement of the death of Ahab has been posted. He is just waiting for an opportunity to die. And the king of Israel said unto Jehoshaphat, There is yet one man, Micah, the son of Emla, by whom we have inquired of the Lord, but I hate him. And so yesterday I, I, I mentioned to you the, the idea that uh, Ahab wanted to have not the word of the Lord to him, but the prophet speaking in his favor. And of course, you, you're not a prophet if you try to please somebody else or you're under the domain and control of somebody else. When the Lord speaks, it's simply the Lord speaking. There's no interference from anybody else. And so the king called an officer and said, Go get Micah. Ahab said, Go get Micah. Now Micah is on the way. And Jehoshaphat and, 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 and Ahab sat on each on his throne at the gate of Samaria. And yesterday I painted uh, this beautiful encounter at the gates of Samaria of two kings, north and south of kings, and, and, of course, the prophets prophesying, uh, Go to Ramon Goliath, go in the battle. God will deliver you. Now, next thing that happens, Micah is back. They went to pick up Micah somewhere in, in, in the vicinity and brought him into this great meeting uh, in Samaria. And this is where we begin our Bible study today. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for blessing us. Speak to us, Lord. Thank you for this ministry that brings the gospel to a lot of people. We just ask you, Lord, to have mercy. In Jesus' name, amen. The messengers who was going to call Micah spoke unto him this, this word. Behold now the words of the prophet declared good unto the kingdom with one mouth. In other words, we're united. The 400 prophets are united. Let your word, I pray, be like the sword of one of them, uh, and speak that which is good. Now, true prophets seldom speak that which is good, at least about the present time. Micah said, as the Lord lives, what the Lord has said unto me, that I will speak. I'm not going to please Ahab and say something he wants to hear. I will, I will wait upon the Lord and I will speak what the Lord gives to me. Now that's a very fine prophet. That's a fine man. Because we're, we're living in, in a stage where we're controlled by automatic little hands coming out of everywhere trying to manipulate who we are and trying to get our heart to do what uh, somebody else wants. Manipulation and control are weapons of the enemy. Never God has to manipulate and control anybody. He will say, and that's it. And so Micah simply said, I will not do that. I will speak what the Lord gives to me, which is really rare in this time, and rare with 400 prophets. 
So he came to the king, and the king said unto him, Micah, shall we go against Ramon Gilead to battle, or shall we forbear? And he answered, Go and prosper, for the Lord shall deliver it into the hand of the king. No doubt Micah mocking the tone showed that his words were ironical. But Ahab's hollow tone had already proved to Micah that he was insincere. And so the king said unto him, How many times have I adjured you that you tell me nothing but that which is true in the name of the Lord? And Micah said, I saw Israel scatter on the hills. Listen, I saw Israel scatter on the hills. Now that you press me, I'm going to tell you, don't go over there. Don't go against Ramon Gilead, even with the help of Jehoshaphat, the king of, uh, uh, of Judah. As sheep have not a shepherd, and the Lord said, These have no master. Let them return every man to his house in peace. Ahab was a false prophet, a false shepherd. And whether he believes it or not, he is about to die. And so as, as Micah speaks that which the Lord said to him, I saw Israel scattered over the mountains, meaning totally lost without a shepherd. Now that should have been enough for Ahab to turn around and go home. But you see, sometimes we pursue and stay into the mode that pleases you the most. I want to tell you, I'm uncomfortable with my life at a point right now where I'm not comfortable. But this is what the Lord wants me to do. I like to go back home and stay with my couch, but I, I, I have a call, and I have to do what the Lord is telling me to do. It's very uncomfortable. Very uncomfortable. Especially when you see people playing games and I don't like the playing the game. And so, Micah said, Hear you therefore the word of the Lord. Now, this is, this is the real prophet speaking now. Because you're going to hear the 400 prophets down there and what they are during. But the real prophet, Micah here is the real prophet. I saw the Lord sitting on His throne... And all the hosts of heaven standing for him in his right hand. I saw it. And the Lord said, Who shall persuade Ahab? And may go up and fall at Ramon Gilead. And, no, and, one, and, and one said of this manner, and the other said of that manner. Meaning, the divisions are, are apparent. Nobody has, has, has been able to accept the voice of God speaking through Micah. So that's the moment when God allows something to happen. You see, the death has been already stated by the mouth of the Lord. And verse 21 brings this very, very odd statement. Every time I read 22, uh, 21... It, it, it seems to me that we're moving toward confirming the death of this man that God has tried to care and love and appreciate and forgive his sins. And therefore, there came forth a spirit, an evil spirit, and stood before the Lord and said, I will persuade him. Now, 
If you study Job chapter 1, you're going to see this happening. Now there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan came also among them. Because what Job experienced was doing the will of God under the oppression of Satan. That really defines the ministry of Job. Every time we go to Israel, right across from uh, the place where Peter prepared the bread and the fish, as Jesus is already resurrected, and he walks on the water and gather amounts of fish. Across the street down there, there's a, at the Lake of Galilee, there's a, a, a place where the water bubbles from the earth. Just bubbles. You can see it, but it's been bubbling for, for, for two, three, five, six, seven thousand years. And that's where Job would go with the boils all over his body to, to feel, feel healed and, and, and remove the pain of trying to please the voice of God. You remember Job chapter 1. You read that. So what happens here? Uh, the Lord said unto him, Wherewith? And he said, I'll go forward. God is talking to a demon. I'll go forth. And I'll be a lying spirit in the mouth of his prophets. And he said, You shall persuade him and prevail him. Go forth and do so. Now, the idea here that God permits such a deception to take place of the rejected truth is almost inconceivable. If men will not have the truth, they will automatically have a substitute that will be more in harmony with their wicked ways for the time being. <coughs> in other words, men will do anything they can to appease, so evil spirits get their way. And there's peace, but false peace. There's anointing, but false anointing. There's prophetic words, but false prophetic words. Because there's no fruit. There's nothing coming back. God is not able to break through because His servants made a pact with the evil, made a pact with the devil. And when you do that, you begin to die. Attendance goes lower. Money becomes a problem. You can't please men and God at the same time. You've got to make up your mind as to what God has called you to do and get through and get it done. But we sort of do that which is more pleasing in order not to ruffle the feathers. We love to just... Not rough the feathers. I don't know what that means. What does roughing the feathers mean? It means uh, causing problems. If you ruffle somebody's feather, if you ruffle somebody's feather, you make them mad, and you don't want to do that. Okay, now, verse twenty-three clarifies a little bit. It says, "Now therefore, behold, the Lord has put a lying spirit in the mouth of these your prophets, and the Lord has spoken evil concerning you." That, that's, that's, that's Ahab. That's God speaking to Ahab. 
Therefore, the Lord has put a lying spirit in the mouth of all of these your, pro- your prophets. In other words, the Lord has put a lying spirit in the mouth of your prophets, Ahab. Which way went the Spirit of the Lord from me to speak unto you? In other words, uh, God is saying, I went to great lengths to convince Ahab all his life. But he'll have nothing to do with me. There's no intimacy. He, he, he is someone that lives a sense of the anointing when there's no power. You know, uh, there's a saying in the church today that when the anointing of God is not present, evil spirits take over. Now Hezekiah, the son of Shinah, went near and smote Michael on his cheek. Somebody rose from nowhere. Hezekiah, the son of Shinah, went into Micah and slapped him silly right in front of the kings at the gate of Samaria. It reminds me of, of a comedian that was slapped silly on television by, by, by laughing and ridiculing the wife of this, of this, this actor. The, the, the actor got up out of his chair and went directly to his, uh, his comedian, Will Smith and slap him right in front of the whole world. That's what happens here. Zedekiah is the actor slapping the prophet of God. And said, Which way went the Spirit of the Lord from me to speak unto you? He's laughing. He's ridiculing. The prophets of Hezekiah and the prophet of Micah were totally different. The first spoke of a blessing, while the latter spoke of doom. Both cannot be right. In essence, it is the same presently. You can't have wrong against good because it has to be all good and all wrong, and it's not going to happen. There's always a division, and you have to face it. It's up to you to to, to put a mark and say, that's not what we're going to do. And Micah said, Behold, you shall see in that day who is, who is right about this? You shall see in that day, wait for the day is coming, when you shall go into the inner chamber to hide yourself. Mean no doubt happened when news came of Ahab's death. You wait on that day when you come home to your house and you will see what the Lord has done. And say, and the king of Israel said, Take Micah and carry him back unto Ammon, the governor of the city, and to Joshua, the king's son. And say, Thus says the king, Put this fellow in prison. Feed him with bread of affliction and water of affliction until I come in peace. In other words, I want some prophet that will sort of really make me comfortable, speak to me what I want to do. And when you don't have any direction, don't try to get direction from somebody else because you're delegating the authority of the Lord to that person and that person becomes your great enemy. How dare you live a life led by somebody else? Why don't you go to the Lord? Why don't you ask the Lord to lead you? 
Why are you so weak in the veins that God has given you? But Micah had to say something. And he says, if you return at all in peace, the Lord has not spoken by me. And he said, hearken, O people, every one of you. Listen, the bravery of Micah condemns the cowardly of Jehoshaphat. We need more Micahs. Men that will not compromise the word of the Lord. Jehoshaphat should have stepped down from his throne, thrown his mantle around the courageous prophet, and valiantly take his stand on his side. But he simply just stay firm to get the what's left out of the battle. So verse, verse 29, as we approach uh, the end of 1 Kings, that's verse 20, chapter 22 of 1 Kings, it is the last chapter. It's really interesting. I have ten minutes, so let me take, take a look real quick. And so the king of Israel and Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah, went up to Ramon Gilead. They decided to go. After all that God has spoken through Micah, saying to him, Israel, I saw lost in the hills an army without shepherd. But they decided to go anyway. And the king of Israel said unto Jehoshaphat, I will disguise myself and enter into the battle, but put, put you, but you put your, your robes on. And the king of Israel disguised himself and went into battle, thinking that perhaps if he didn't dress like a king, he would have been spared and nobody would try to kill him. And the king of Syria commanded his 32, 232 captains who rule his chariots, saying, Fight neither with small or great, save only with the king of Israel. In other words, don't go looking for small or great. Look for a hab. Now, I want you to know that an evil spirit is all over this operation right now. When you realize there's an evil spirit present into the operation of the kingdom of God, your job is to stop everything, call a fast, call prayer, and begin waiting for the voice of the Lord to speak. But rarely that's done. Most committees decide even before you open your mouth. It's not proper. It's not right. But the king of Syria commanded his 32 captains, saying, Fight neither with small nor great, save only with the king of Israel. The Syrians intended to kill Ahab. That was the operation of the evil spirit. So, as you begin to look at this chapter you begin to see that there are forces underneath of what God is doing here, as if God is taken out with Micah into prison. They took Micah into prison, which has the anointing, the word of the Lord. And evil spirits begin to operate through the mouth of Jehoshaphat. In other words, don't deal with the small or the great and, and foot soldiers. Look for the king. Now remember, the king wasn't dressed like the king. You know, I don't know how those attires were in those days, but when the king went into battle, his chariot was broadcasting, I'm the king. 
I have the king. I got the collars of the king. I got the horses of the king. I got the chariots of the king. I got the banners of the king. And I'm coming. But in this story here, the word simply came out of Ahab. I'm going to be disappearing and mingle with the small and the greatest. And it came to pass when the captain of the chariots saw Jehoshaphat, they said, surely he's the king of Israel because he's dressed up. And they turned aside to fight against him. And Jehoshaphat cried out, Don't kill me! I am Jehoshaphat! I'm not Ahab! In other words, <laughs> pleading for his life. And it came to pass when the kings, the captains of the chariots perceived he was not the king of Israel, they turned back from pursuing him. They wanted Ahab, not Jehoshaphat. Notice now that there is an evil spirit participating. So my suggestion is, you have to know what is happening in the spiritual world at all times. Because to talk to someone who, for, who, is, who is controlled and domained by an evil spirit is a waste of time. And so if you don't know what you're dealing with, to whom you're dealing with, then you've got a problem of identity. And the only way you can deal with that is discerning of spirits. It is a gift of the Holy Spirit. It is a revelation gift of the Holy Spirit. Discerning of spirit. What is evil and what's not evil. Don't try to somehow psychoanalyze the problem. Don't try to sort of a get counsel from anybody. Nobody. Nobody has been called into the situation. You have. So go on to your knees and say, God, reveal to me. Forgive my sin. What do I do next? Mm-mm. Hallelujah. Now, verse 34 is the consummation of the whole thing. A certain man drew a bow at a venture. There were people fighting and throwing arrows everywhere. And smote the king of Israel between the joints of his harness. Wherefore he said unto the driver of his chariot, Turn your hand and carry me out of the host, for I am wounded. Ahab attempted to disguise himself, serving no purpose. An arrow out of nowhere, by nobody, found him. That's how an evil spirit... Listen, you don't want an arrow coming against you at any time of your life. I'm making decisions today because the Lord wants me to live long enough to serve Him. Turn your hand and carry me out. And the battle increased that day. Look at this. And the king was stayed up in his chariot against the Syrians and died that evening. And the blood ran out of the wound the wound in the, in, into the midst of the chariot. And there went proclamation throughout the host about the going down of the sun, saying, Every man to his city, every man to his country. It does not appear that Israel had been utterly defeated or had suffered great loss, but the king was dead, so now they retreated. Thank God. Thank God they retreated. And the king died. He was brought to Samaria. And they buried the king in Samaria. 
And one washed the chariot in the pool of Samaria, and the dogs licked up his blood, and they washed his armor, according to the word of the Lord which he spoke. This is predicted in Elijah, 1 Kings chapter 21, 19. If you go to chapter 21, 19, you're going to see this prediction. It simply says, And you shall speak unto him, saying, Thus says the Lord, Have you killed and also taken possession? And you shall speak unto him, saying, Thus says the Lord, In the place where dogs lick the blood of Naboth, shall, shall the dogs lick your blood, even yours. That's talking to Ahab. And so Ahab slept with his fathers, and Isaiah his son reigned in his stead. What a sad story. What a sad story. Let me ask you this. Are you aware that you might be in the entrains in the hold of evil spirits? Are you aware that perhaps evil spirits are counseling you? Are you aware that perhaps why things are so stagnated is because you're not hearing the word of the Lord, only hearing somebody else? Think about it. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for this lesson today. And we pray, God, that we be able not to disappoint you. That we be able to do your will and listen to Micah instead of 400 prophets that were nothing but false prophets. Lord, convict my soul, my spirit realm that I serve you and nobody else. In Jesus' name, amen. Stay.